0: Dave & Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common-sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. Alright, what's up everybody? It's uh, time for another episode of David Bacon Safety Tales. We made it! Yep, we're excited. We're excited for this one. We appreciate y'all... Uh, Listening to us and hopefully some of y'all that are sharing sharing our stories with your friends and coworkers. Um can kind of set out to make this thing a, a good conversation and uh, you guys get to be a part of it. So hopefully make the safety a little bit simpler of topic. So,
1: yeah, I think too often people try to make it scarier than it is. So yeah, our goal is just to kind of sit here, have a conversation and you know, hopefully cover some stuff that maybe we don't or you don't understand that may, maybe we can shed some lights on because we're really not that intelligent. So if we can understand it, we really feel like we can get done in small pieces for you. It's like we said, we're excited.
0: I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Basketball? Yes. Maybe basketball? Yeah. So whenever I say, we're excited, it comes back to the, when Al Michaels and Bob Costas are sitting around. And I think it's Al Michaels that goes, I don't know if I've ever been this excited. Bob Costas <laughs> goes, you're excited? Wow. We'll feel these nipples. <laughs> So anyways, So Fred
1: There's, and Dave here with Quad City Safety. weren't they, weren't they on the uh ESP and the Ocho or No, or that was like that was Jason a, Bateman. I remember a, him. He was, was the a, he was the Ocho. Okay. But yeah, from uh, Dodgeball. Ah, okay. Sorry, wrong stupid yeah. movie about insignificant <laughs> sport.
0: Wrong comedy, yep. So uh Fred and Dave once again here with Quad City Safety. Um, if you want to reach out to us. It's fred at quantitysafety.com. Um, we're also on LinkedIn. We're on, on Twitter as uh, QC Safety Fred. Uh, or you can reach, uh, reach out to us via our Facebook page as well. So, so anyways, to get into it, so hopefully most of you know that we have a website, <laughs> quantitysafety.com. On that website, we sell safety products. One of those products is, uh, is shoes and we sell uh protective wear on yeah. that on that side. Yeah, so we don't sell Nike's and Converse. We we sell uh we do sell some Converse, right? Is yeah, there a yeah, Converse Yeah. yeah. That we see, do sell?
1: see there's well there's been kind of uh there for years and years it was like ugly brown bro- boots were about the only thing that they would stick a steel toe in. Yeah. And uh all the let's say fashion or sports manufacturers have noticed that there's there's room in the space and more space so a lot of people are jumping into the market, so you you know, uh, things that I never thought that in a million years that I would see. I'm I'm, I'm seeing and seeing in protective footwear. Yeah, cause there's some stuff you you've told me a little bit about
0: fashion. Like there's like fashion that are coming out. Like yeah. you see me wear some shoes every once in a while with
1: white soles, and so yep. now they're starting to have some S- white soles coming out. I mean, you know, here you go, like uh, brands like a Keen that would be kind of like a. Hippie hiker, middle aged dude kind of shoe. Yep. Father in law wears kings. Yeah, so I mean, that was something that you always kind of went, oh, who's that crazy dude with the, he didn't have socks on when those are kind of sandal shoes. And so they've erupted into the market down to, I mean, you name it, everybody's, you know, even, you know, Puma. Yeah, you know, so even the Converse, isn't it? Or Reebok? Yeah, Reebok, Reebok Converse. Uh, I mean, how to say. You even you, they now have you know the uh, traditional traditional white mall cruisers that uh, the you know like the the seventy uh, year old folks like get nurses get their steps in. So I mean they have that to uh, where I mean you you name it you
0: name it. So so we have a few brick and mortar stores um, as well as our website where we kind of specialize in providing guys and gals uh, like you. Um, a place to, to head into where we can kind of really find the right pair of boots for you where you're not going online and you're just buying uh, I wear a size 9 and so oh, I need a protective toe um, I'm going to get this Timberland that's on sale of a, I would say Timberland instead of Timberland. Yeah. But Timberland uh, and Timberland Pro. Right, so so instead of uh just doing that we want to find out a little bit about what the hazard that you're working in and what's the job that you're doing how often are you on your feet what it you know and so we can really narrow down a couple of protective boots that are gonna work for you
1: yeah all, all shoe constructions are not the same so you know you'll have different different materials on the outsoles you'll have um, different materials uh, on the upper so you know somebody that's needs you know a certain construction for whatever their job might be is going to require or you know a different one than I, I guess basically what I'm saying is let's say we're in some kind of if we're working in a steel mill that's going to be substantially different than somebody that's maybe in a electronics manufacturing concern making little little green boards right so those are going to be two different requirements but uh, when you when you look out there, you know there's a lot of things that people overlook, and, and it's and it's that word ignorance that you know we continue to talk about. As the world wants to be scared of the world ignorant, and ignorance is okay. Um, we're here to help everybody get through that word and uh, really find out an answer, find out a shoe that that meets. And let, let me let me go classic classic example is. There are boots that are EH, and then there are boots that are ESD. So a boot that is electronically, or EH, electronic hazard, would be for somebody that's, say, electrician. So that boot is going to keep, uh, if there is some level of shock, it's going to keep that from going to ground. So uh, it's going to keep them from getting shocked. Well, you take a person and put them in an ESD boot, which is an electrostatic dissipative, that means that you are trying to make it a ground. So, if you give an electrician a pair of ESD boots, you've given them something that's going to put them, you know, so if they get close to an electrical arc, that arc may pick, you know, that, that electric, electricity always wants to find ground yeah. and it may pick them. And that shoe is helping it pick them versus if they were in the EH you know uh, that wouldn't create the ground and the shock the crap out of them okay so we kind of spend a lot of time <clears throat> in our retail stores talking to
0: our folks that come in talking to people that are working these different jobs um, to really like figure out what their expectations are in those boots um, and so we decided that we want to start a website where we bring that experience
1: online. Yeah, we're trying to do a better job cuz right now we have protective footwear on our site and just like, you know, just like everybody's shopping experience, it's going to be brown uh, hiker and it's going to be words like that. And while that's, you know, that's important to the search, is going after some of those hazards that let's say somebody is in, in an environment where they need an insulated boot or they need that ESD boot, or you know whatever the requirements are, is really trying to gear, gear the uh, website search engine to find, or you know help take the knowledge that we usually deal with when we're fitting somebody in a store, and give that experience to them online. Right. So the plan is,
0: we're going to have this website so that you can buy your boots from experts instead of. You trying to do all the research to figure out what you need we're gonna try and walk you through that process to be able to buy the right pair of boots that's specific for your trade or your job
1: yep, absolutely
0: so if you know what you need and you prefer to buy your PPE from experts instead of just like a, a generic company we're gonna have a Um you'll be able to go on there it will give you a quick place to make your purchases from your from a trusted supplier who's kind of got your back there so if you aren't sure if your boots are the best option for your work this new website should help you figure it out or if you prefer to talk to a live person you'll be able to reach us right from the site and get kind of a personalized boot specialist right there for you so that's kind of the goal absolutely so what we're going to do now is we're going to switch to a little interview that dave did um it's going to do with Someone that actually works in our retail store, um, so she can kind of talk a little bit about what they do in there, uh, hopefully give you a little bit of insight as to kind of what we're going to look to bring on online. So,
1: here you go. Good morning, Jamie. Jamie's sitting down here. We're uh, talking from our intergalactic uh, headquarters here in Davenport, Iowa. And, you know, we just wanted to sit down and just kind of have a conversation we're getting ready to relaunch our website and as it relates to protective footwear and Jamie's somebody who's very close so Jamie why don't you introduce yourself to everybody out there
2: okay uh, my name is Jamie I've been with Quad City Safety for about four and a half years now Um, and I'm a mom to a new baby at home but that's it's about my life story
1: you've had a really (laughs) really busy life lately
2: yeah I definitely oh man I'm telling
1: you from marriage to to kids I mean that was
2: all within a year
1: pretty freaking incredible <laughs> yeah tell us a little bit about that being um, a, how's being a mom and and being in a protective footwear slash safety market
2: um well you know I, I I'm loving being a mom but I'm not a person that likes to just sit at home so I was definitely glad um to get back to work but um on days I definitely find myself being tired and forgetting things I wouldn't normally forget so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah uh how to say minor how to say starting to step out of the house so I could not imagine starting starting, starting over. over man that would, oh talk about uh sometimes those that, nights are rough that, yeah <laughs> I bet they are so tell me how, how'd you get it how you know obviously I know your story but how, how'd how you end up in the safety industry
2: well I was working at a gym um, and the gym actually went out of business and Mike was actually a member at the gym and he had told me that you guys were hiring so through him I came over here and honestly had no no idea that this place existed or what exactly it entailed but um i've learned that the world of safety is much larger than i would have ever imagined
1: tell me what you think you thought it was and then what you all of a sudden because you know you've come a long way in four years in your knowledge so uh-huh. tell me about tell me what you thought it was and what you really you know woke yeah. up to see it as um,
2: so my cousin and uncle are both in construction so i really honestly just thought it was like hard hats and glasses um, I had no idea the in-depth fall protection, gas monitoring equipment, um, and even protective footwear. I had no idea what the difference between a steel toe and a metatarsal was when I started here. So, mm-hmm. learning a little bit more about the details and specifics of everything, and it's it's much more of a broad spectrum than I would have ever thought. So,
1: yeah, And, you know, tell me about, you know, obviously you get to help people find stuff that hopefully returns them to work. You know, what are you finding? I mean... From a, from a knowledge standpoint, it's kind of, there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to safety out there, isn't it?
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. A lot of times people, people come in not even really sure what they need and what they're looking for, um, and I would have been one of those people just a few short mm-hmm. years ago, so um, it definitely it definitely takes some time and some, some education to figure out what exactly it is you need, and so hopefully that's what we're here to help people kind of figure
1: out. You got a out, quick so. story of somebody that came in, and you kind of changed their world by... Oh, my God, I had no idea that such a granimal existed out there.
2: Um, I would say that the place where people have been the most unsure of is is fall protection, just not even realizing all the different ways of anchoring and, and tying off to different stuff um, mm-hmm. to make sure that they are. And then people come in, and they'll buy a harness and don't realize they need a lanyard to help make sure they don't fall. So there's definitely a bunch of pieces to make the hole, and that people don't realize how many pieces in, are involved.
1: Yeah. It is. So. it is a system it is a system yeah so you know when you talk about uh protective footwear i mean what's what's some what's some stories i mean you always you you know it, sometimes it's the guy with the size 25 foot mm-hmm. or i mean you got it you got any good ones there for um, that, that realm of things
2: we did recently have a gentleman come and actually i think he called in looking for a size 18 metatarsal Um, And I, after calling around to manufacturers, found out that it is not even really possible to make a metatarsal to the standard for that large of a foot. Um, So that was interesting. Um, We've had a couple people come in in the past year, I would say, that have told us that we've saved their foot from having them in the right metatarsal shoe rather than a steel toe. Um...
1: That's got to make you feel pretty good. Though.
2: Oh, yeah. It's it's nice. I'm, the people, are they love us, and they're happy and sad because they're happy that we saved their foot, but then they're here buying another pair of boots. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a blessing. <laughs> that's that's the funny thing about safety supplies is people complain about having to go buy another one, but it's kind of like, man, you, you really get to walk around. That's pretty cool.
2: Well, yeah, you also want to use those people because that guy will tell you the – amount of a boot is much cheaper than having your foot cut off so oh,
1: there's no doubt <laughs> definitely, about that.
2: definitely definitely that's
1: that's a lot of a lot of times i think that what people don't realize is that you know accidents are not like you know happening every second you know where there's bodies right. piling up and sometimes it's over time so i think you know a lot of times we don't look at uh ppe like the insurance policy is i think i mean everybody has a car insurance policy or you know renters or home ins- and everybody hopefully never has to use them because that's that's a really shitty day when right. you wake up and you've got to use those. Right, exactly. So yeah. I mean, sometimes I think it's hard for uh, hard for us to wrap our minds around it. We're just buying a little little bitty baby insurance policy for our eyes or for our feet or Correct. you know, yeah. so that gravity does not cause us to hit terminal velocity and smash into the ground.
2: Right, exactly.
1: Lots so, of fun there. Yeah. So you know what's you know what's new that you've seen out there in the land of protective footwear. I know that y'all have uh, manufacturers come through and kind of show you the newest, latest, greatest. What's some things that kind of tripped you up and said where you kind of had some wow factors? Yeah
2: so about twice a year we bring in all of our manufacturers and kind of evaluate what's new in the world of safety shoes. Um, one thing that I'm pretty excited about is um, Keen is a manufacturer that's really seeming to kind of get with the modern trends and um, they're getting some metatarsals in their line of shoes which is really nice to see. Um, and then Timberland always comes out with some new great heavy-duty work boot that is for the man's man in the working field, uh, but something that I'm excited about with them Big this year. Big Bubba
1: beef jerky and, you know, hangs out with Sasquatch right, kind of guy. definitely. What's it, what is it, the, Boon, the Boondock, Boondock series? Yeah,
2: it's probably uh, my favorite boot we have in stock right now. In fact, I sold three of them on Saturday, or Friday, Bulletproof, aren't know, they? Yeah. So bulletproof
1: no I mean joking
2: oh yeah I was like no I don't think so (laughs) but 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 as damn near close as you can be I guess but but yeah the other thing I'm excited about with um both those manufacturers is they have made some specifically women's shoes yeah
1: I mean that's 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 a tough one is Mm -hmm. despite the amount of labor participation we do a really I think we do a better job but The protective footwear market doesn't really do a good job for women they have i mean and you know i i think that a lot of people struggle and don't get that women's and men's feet are anatomically different they are not made the same way maybe talk about that a little bit
2: yeah so um in the past what we had run into is a lot of the manufacturers had men's boot sized down small enough to fit a woman's foot. But generally speaking, women have narrower heels um, and narrower feet. And so even in the smaller sizes, they had a lot of slop and um, shoes just weren't fitting properly. And so we'd have women leaving disgruntled because they were wanting something that was for women. Um, So more of our manufacturers are getting with that trend. Um, Like I said, Timberland's got some, Carolina's got some, Keen. But it's
1: still Um, an underserved market, you would say. Correct.
2: Yeah. It's still something that definitely needs work um but it's improved pretty vastly just in the four years that I've been here Mm -hmm. so I think it's I think it's moving quickly Mm -hmm. so
1: so what other things do you uh see out there changing in protective footwear is it just fashion or you know are um, I mean, I think recently you're starting to see it a little bit more in puncture resistance, maybe, or request Yeah, way. puncture
2: resistance a big one. Um, another thing that we've been seeing more frequently is um, the office workers that just have to go out on the factory floor. Um, you know, I've been on some visits where I've seen them wearing just a regular dress shoe, um, and they're now also being required to wear um, protective footwear. So we're trying to also increase what we have as far as um, a dressy-looking protective toe shoe. So... Um, that's something that I think is also kind of mm-hmm. fitting, not just the guys that are working, but also the guys that are kind of behind the scenes. Okay. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, uh, you know when we 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 try to do it a little bit different, you might uh, take somebody through kind of the journey of how you make sure that they get into the right shoe.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing we address with people, um, or try to address with people when they come in here, is where they're working what kind of an environment it is that they're working in whether it be indoor outdoor you know construction or are they in a factory that kind of stuff Um, and then a lot of the counts we have set up we know whether they need just the steel toe or whether a metatarsal is required so we can kind of narrow down the selection there Um, and then most people generally have some sort of specifics they're looking for whether it be waterproof or they want the boot to be wide or puncture resistant mm-hmm. um so basically it's just asking different questions of what they're looking for to narrow down the scope of what it is yeah because it's not a one
1: side i think a lot of times people think that you just walk in there and a steel toe boot is a steel toe boot right and while yeah by the tag it might be but the experience of you know how to say you're still pretty young. I'm getting to that age where, man, I, if I'm going to be on my feet, I'm, like, paying real close attention to what I'm putting on my feet. Sure. Because, you know, uh, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable and I'm not going to wake up with a bunch of back pain because I wanted to look cool well, yeah, cool. I mean,
2: For example, on that, like having the right fitting thing, we have two Timberland shoes that are both fairly popular. The boondock that we talked about before is one of them. Um, and people will ask us to measure their foot, and we do. And in the Boondock, they'll be a size nine and it's a regular width. And in one of our other Timberlands, they're a nine and a half and it's a wide. Um, but it's because the Boondock has a wide toe cap and extra features like that. So even two boots from the same manufacturer, yeah, you can be two different sizes. A yeah, different so, last
1: one mm-hmm. will yield you different products. Yeah. So, so where did you go to? Your background was you, you played volleyball, right? Soccer. Soccer.
2: Coached volleyball, played okay. soccer.
1: I get them mixed yeah. up. So. Yep. So you played it all the way through, right?
2: Through college, yep. I played at Warburg College up in Waverly, Iowa.
1: Yeah, there's a so. bunch of little schools up there in mm-hmm. that that a- area. So you know, what do you you know when you look back was? Tell me about you know what you thought you got from that. I think that team sports sometimes people don't pay attention to how it how it affects people's lives.
2: Yeah, I would say the biggest thing um, and something I try to bring to work and just everywhere I go daily is the teamwork mentality of. I don't have to like you, but I gotta work with you, so we (laughs) gotta find a way to work together, you know, type of thing. Um, Because to be honest, you're not gonna like everyone you come into contact with, but you have to find a way to work with people. Um, And so I think that's been the biggest thing, you know, finding ways to just work with people. Mm -hmm. Are you
1: still coaching?
2: No, not that it's not since I had a baby. Yeah, I got asked. I figured I was wondering if you
1: you, no time for that right now. Yeah,
2: not for a couple more years. Then we'll probably get back into it again. There you go. There you go. So.
1: Yeah. Right on. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and kind of help our uh, our listeners uh, get an understanding of, you know, we have a lot of pieces here at Quad City uh-huh. Safety, but appreciate you helping us uh, explain one of these pieces. Yeah,
2: no problem. Thanks. Jamie, out. <laughs> All right.
1: So, next we're going to get
0: into our, our dumps <coughs> of the week this week. <laughs> talking to a guy uh the other day for this purpose for the purpose of this story we'll call him ryan so ryan was one of those guys that you talk to um, who knew a guy who knew a guy and he preferred not to wear a steel toe boot because he had heard that um and i've actually heard this a couple times that your steel toe boot could amputate your toes so if something would land on the steel that's inside of the boot curl that steel, somehow cut off your toes, so he was safer wearing a regular boot without a steel toe, um, versus that, well, I think that kind of becomes an urban legend, Um, not really something that actually happens. So, in your opinion, Dave, I would say everyone that has a potential hazard where something could land on their foot uh, should probably be in a steel toe boot.
1: Well... I can't find a documented case. Well, your <laughs> let's let's put it this way: if you drop a building on your foot, steel 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 probably you a chance that you'll have it might crush the steel so I mean, we're talking uh, yeah, composites, like so they're they're kind of like a space age plastic. Right. You can have ones that are made of titanium. You can have ones that are made of an aluminum alloy, and then you got their traditional steel. Yeah, and. What one of the things that always drives me nuts is everybody sits there and goes, "Oh man, these are so much lighter." And if if I were to blind taste test you and kind of wrap you up and put all three in your in your you know your hands and say lightest to heaviest, yeah, yeah, you might get the steel toe one right, but the rest of them you would have out of order. I mean, there's not a significant white difference. Only the only main difference that I'll tell people is when you're looking at steel toe caps is that uh, when you're looking at transfer of, of heat and cold. Okay. But, uh, you know, that whole misnomer that you're going to cut your toes off, I mean, the amount of weight that you would have to put on that cap is significant. Right. And, and if you weren't wearing a steel toe, yep. and that amount of weight hits your toes. <laughs> and, you know, I just I just heard this recently, and it makes sense of the science of it, is most of your steel toe – Most manufacturers making protective footwear won't make one above a size 18. Okay. And the reason that they won't do it above size 18 is if you think about how long that steel toe is and the base of it, the physics of it, when you, you know, because this obviously the steel toe's got to keep getting, you know, I can all imagine it looks like a dinner plate by the time, you know, you're to a size 18. Is then you're starting to look at where, you know, the physics of it, you, you, you know, you could theoretically right do something like that but in just your normal size 13 and under i mean i would imagine that it would be a you know i mean it'd be a crazy amount of weight
0: so unless Shaq's probably not gonna be working in the steel mill anytime soon uh well him
1: no well he's got a son that's getting ready to hopefully play for uk now that uh sounds like Arizona's not arizona on arizona well, he, he, uh, deep, let's he, let, the, he, let the dust settle on UK and
0: what's all going on there. Yeah. You had a couple guys that are maybe had some trouble going through there. Well, I think
1: there's more than we... I was reading something, and basically the the, the point of the article is he's like, by the time this whole FBI thing shakes out, he, he said, probably it'll be like in Middle Tennessee State University will be like a one seed or something yeah. like that by the time that they erupt through everybody. In Wisconsin.
0: No, in Wisconsin, will still be there, probably. No.
1: Why, <laughs> Why Wisconsin?
0: I feel like uh, uh,
1: Wisconsin. Bo Ryan's not there. Any there, not there playing as 2-3 <laughs> anymore, so <laughs> can... I don't know.
0: I feel like there's going to be a couple schools like that that you're like, oh, yep, yeah, I guess they were clean. Everybody else, not so much. They'll retroactively award them like the last six national championships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be something stupid. So, anyways, in regards to Ryan being a dumbass, that's something you just gotta do a little bit of research and just don't
1: don't believe everything that you hear. Well, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. Is I mean, um, when you look at when you look at the testing standards, um, the testing standards is not actually how everything pre- performs. So realistically, for something to qualify as a steel toe is there's a limited amount of weight dropped from so many feet. Yeah. But going back to you know, the the premise of listening to what somebody says is number one, you fight you find out what's what's happened or what the potential hazard is. You go to standards to figure out what it says that you have. And I haven't really read many standards where they're they're gonna put you in harm's way. Right. Usually they're trying to, you know, you look at the fall protection standard; it's a safety factor of two. Uh, you look at uh, respiratory standards and how you pick cartridges and stuff. They're not letting you ingest enough or submit yourself to forces or put you in harm's way. So if you're using a, a, a safety device that's you know follows a, a you know a standard that you know OSHA points to, then gosh, you got I'd hope to shout that you'd be okay. Yeah. All right, put that one to bed then.
0: So let's comb through the email box here for the week. Um, number one, we kind of got it. Kind of got a little bit into the topic, but does a plastic or steel toe protect the same on your
1: work boots? Uh yeah. I mean, theoretically, because again, it gets into. I mean, it gets into the test standards. So when you look at. Uh, the ASTM uh, test that test for steel toe boots, um, a composite, a titanium toe, an alloy toe is going to test the same as a steel, yeah. which is you know again we're dropping a specified amount of weight from so many feet creates so many pounds feet of force. Yeah, um, they using the same standards to yeah. test yeah. all yeah. styles. Yep, yeah. ASTM twenty four thirteen I think. Right. Going off the top of my head, there if there's so many freaking standards. It's hard to keep all the little numbers. Yeah. I may be off by one or something on that. So, but um, looking at that that standard, um, they are all tested to that you know that same that same specification. So again, it's not meant to drop a building off off of. I'm sure that you know if you take and here here you go the difference between you know. The way that you should treat protective footwear is if it takes that shock, meaning you drop something, you know, you drop a fifty-pound thing that you're lifting up, and it and you drop it on your protective footwear. Yeah, it's just like it's like any piece of uh, personal protective equipment. You should take it out of service. Right. Well, you know, steel people don't, and there's an argument for if it's a composite toe that maybe you should. Because again, some of those plastics can sever or break, and then cause you to pick up some some nice plastic shards in your feet. Right. So it pretty much already did its job. So once yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a big well, six every, by
0: six, all of a sudden, slides off the truck and lands on your toe.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same as a hard hat, same as a you know a harnesses. Anytime something's seen, seen a, seen a, a force that it's tested to protect somebody by. That's kind of like you know, that's your insurance policy. You've used it. You've cashed your insurance policy, in, which means that's that you get to what? keep your you get to keep your piggies. Yeah, I mean you gotta think about it. Toes are pretty important. Yeah, without your big toe, you really can't stand up. I mean, you harvest somebody's big. Toe, I mean, realistically, if you if you're gonna to want to get away from like Jason or somebody like that, yeah. you should cut their big toe off first, because <laughs> even one. though they're walking slow, this way they're at least crawling. So hopefully, they can't crawl faster than you can run through the house, opening and slamming doors and trying to opening the
0: cabinet doors so they <laughs> whack their head as they run they're...
1: by. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah,
0: that's something that leaves me like I, I think I brought it up before in the. Kids' car seats, having two little ones at home. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Like, they'll tell you, you get, in like, a bumper-to-bumper, you know, going 20 miles an hour, somebody runs into your bumper, you're supposed to replace those car seats that are inside the car. So, insurance will usually cover them. So, anyways, question number two. Who can make the call as to whether an anchor point is compliant?
1: Who can make protection. a call? Yep. Okay. Well... That's kind of a it's it's a uh, tricky pickle. Well, it's just because it's all these words that float around in the standards, and we have authorized, and then we have competent, and then we have certified. So there's all these ranges right. of people, and you know when you're putting in a when you're putting in an anchor point, the whole thing is you have certified anchor points and non-certified anchor points. So Again, an anchor point that's non-certified means that they've gone in there and they said, we're going to make this as heavy-duty as we possibly can, and that's where that whole 5,000 pounds comes into play. And so you have to really be able to look at something and go, can that withstand uh, hanging a pickup truck from it? So, you know, it's easy to look at a piece of structural steel and go, you know, yeah, I'd hope it hold up five thousand pounds because it's getting uh-huh. ready to hold up a freaking building. <laughs> right. So you know that that's a that's a that's an easier call. So again, when we have anchor points, the, the biggest thing to remember is what are what are we gonna kind of say? What are we fastening or what are we mounting it or what are we wrapping it around or you know? So most anchor points require. You know, you have to bolt them on. You have to, you may have to weld them on. You may wrap a cross-arm strap around something. Right. So, you know, making that call is maybe easier in beefier situations. But let's say that, uh, let's say that we're in a place where there's no way in hell that structurally we are going to get something that is rated to 5,000 pounds. So then we go into what's called a certified anchor point. Well, a certified anchor point uh, requires a nerd and a lot of math. And the reason being is we have to figure out, well, what kind of fall arresting forces are we going to create? Right. And then we have to get that to a safety factor of two. So realistically, if if you know I'm a 300-pound guy and I fall and we can figure out how to keep my fall arresting forces to under 600 pounds, theoretically, we could design a a system or an anchor point that is just double that amount, so 300 to 600 to 1,200. So then we have to have somebody that comes in, and typically it's going to be a structural engineer that goes yeah, that wood frame and that drywall, you know, whatever you're using, I mean, that's probably not the best example, but whatever the substrate is, is adequate, you know, because, like, uh, let's go, if we're working around concrete, well, it's really easy if somebody is, it's a fresh pour, and you walk up to somebody and you go, is that Portland grade cement? And they go, yeah, and you go, what PSI is it? And they give you... They give you all the numbers, and you're you're sitting there, and you're a competent person, and you're looking at you're looking at right. the you're looking at the the manual, and it goes, you need this, and you need, and you're working through the checkoff. Well, technically, a competent person could do that. Yeah. Like somebody that's again competent means that they've gone to. Uh, a couple that you know, usually a competent person in fall protection has been to a 3A class where they've kind of gone cradle to grave and here's how you look at it, here's how you read all the books, and yada, 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 blah, yeah, blah, Yeah, here's a test. Yeah, to make sure that, you know, make sure you, you were awake for everything yeah. other than, you know, at least breakfast pass. Right. So then we get into that whole uh, certified anchor point. We may have to bring in a structural engineer, maybe... We may have to then have a certified welder that comes in because maybe we have to weld that anchor point in place so i'm I'm deemed competent, and I say, I've got this regular you know this regular uh, thing that I want to use, anchor point that I bought from the manufacturer it says it's rated for five thousand pounds, right. but it says you need to have a certified welder well, we just we just change the game, yeah, so there's. Realistically, I wish it was not. I mean, it's chummy, nasty water with pieces and stuff floating all in it. Gotcha. Yeah, probably. and knew you brought up like a concrete freshly
0: poured concrete that you can read the bag, but then most of the time it's well, this is poured Almost in 1976. Most, oh,
1: I mean, it's not. I was. I've been in some uh, situations where you know people are going, well, well, that concrete's pretty good. Yeah, and you'll go, well, okay, wasn't this poured in like 1928? Right. And I'm not saying that it's not probably pretty good concrete because it's still here. Yeah. But how do you know that it doesn't have, you know, what, you, what what's behind it? Can we at least, you know, you always have that stuff where, and then you go behind it and you look and you're like, this is deteriorating. Look at this. And you're getting ready, you know, you're getting ready to use a plunger style in this. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's, yeah, you really got to think through everything. And, again, substrates or whatever surface you're putting in, if it's not fresh, you really need to do your due diligence and really look and see, is it what you think it is? Yep. <clears throat> so getting back to our, uh, our dumbass of the week,
0: he believed in an urban legend. So I, I made a little short list here of my favorite urban legends like our uh, our Dumbass of the Week, which uh, his name was, what was his name? Ryan. Yeah, like Ryan. Ryan would probably believe these. So the first one is something that I'm pretty sure I believe for at least the longest time was that Walt Disney was frozen.
1: I still think he is. Yeah, supposedly
0: he was like, buried in 1960-something. 1966, I think I looked it up. Or he was buried or cremated in 1966. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, media
1: was. Wasn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm still the guy that sits there and watches, like, uh, the Bigfoot shit. And I swear, I, I'm like, I don't know what it is about it. I think yeah. it's just your brain loves the whole mystery of it. And you're sitting there going, okay, I really got to go to the bathroom. But I'm going to sit here because this dumbass just let out a Bigfoot call. Yeah. And they've got heat-seeking cameras. And I'm pretty sure the first time we're going to see him is, bef- you know, right when they come back. If I'm not sitting here, we're, I'm going to miss it all. Yeah, man. you got to look check the source on a lot of them
2: yeah
0: how come, how come nobody ever super intelligent ever finds big fun or like they're never visited by an alien yeah it's always somebody that's like They came down i saw being light, came in my window i ran out and they're like high on bcp when they're talking well to yeah about it. yeah so the second one which is also something that i believe is the kidney heist so like that, yeah. that's believable too. It's believable, but supposedly it's not true. It's never happened before that somebody wakes up. They, they when like, like in New like, Orleans or something or something I, like I that? I think it's multiple times. Okay. That's the kidney heist is one that I thought was going to happen to me when I was 18 years old. I, it was like the day after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend, you know, when you go out one of those serious benders when you're back at home and all your high school friends are there. You Have a serious like bender right around Thanksgiving. Maybe usually the Wednesday. Oh, before. usually it's the Wednesday before. It's the Wednesday before. Yep. So I woke up on my buddy's couch the the next morning. This may have been, anyways. I was walking to the car, hung over. Didn't know where you were at. I barely knew where I was at. I was definitely in Davenport. Yeah. Kind of in the sketchy part of town. Walked over, and a Cadillac Escalade pulled up. Just came pulling up right by the car, and I'm I'm at 18 years old. I was a fresh face, so yeah, 18. Yeah. I looked like I was 15. Yeah. And then about a 45-year-old woman pulled up, rolled down the window. She goes, hey. I was like, hey. She goes, hey, you're cute. I was like, I'm cute? She goes, yeah. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just getting in the car. I'm going to go see my girlfriend. She's like, well, why don't you come back to the hotel and say hello? I was like, what? <laughs> Some, you know, a uh, little bit milfy woman in a Cadillac Escalade. Why don't you come back to the hotel and say hello? Like no, I gotta get going. She said, "Well, you could make a little bit of extra money." <laughs>
1: so I was thinking, what? Do I yeah, think the whole time a you're thinking she, she wants she wants to harvest one of your. No, that's what I thought
0: later. Oh, later, okay. I was gonna walk in through the door and all of a sudden get clubbed over the back of the head, wake up in a bathtub yeah, full I think of ice, really end
1: up some kind of weird porno film or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: so bizarre situation. But anyways, so that was the second one. Paul is dead that uh, Paul McCartney died in like the 70s and they found a look alike and they replaced him with with a I don't know a look alike that went on to be in the Beatles forever so it's a pretty quality one but i think he's still alive my favorite one as a kid i was a big WWF wrestling fan it was that the ultimate warrior died and had a steroid overdose they replaced him with his brother and then his brother became the ultimate warrior from then on out Supposedly, he, that didn't I'll, actually happen
1: for some reason. Every time I see like uh Randy Macho Man Savage, yeah, he's dead. What's that? He's yeah, dead. yeah, but him or the ultimate warrior and Hulk Hogan. And what's what was the little uh, the little circus dude that would always hold the mic? Cab? No, that would hold the mic and in interview everybody was bald with uh. Gorilla Monsoon? No, he would always wear the suit, and he was always interviewing everybody. He'd he, you know, he be standing there with the mic, holding <laughs> it up. To, mean Gene there, there you go. So, oh Mean Gene's standing there, and he's got these two, just, you could just tell that they just, just did a you know, fresh needle of whatever, of testosterone, and then, yeah. then you know. Bright red, this shaking. Just, ah. Let me tell you something, brother.
0: <laughs> yep. The last what one I had that. down on the list was, was that Elvis faked his death. And people have still see them in coffee shops. And at Tupac's kind of the modern day one that people say Tupac's not dead. So I don't know. Wasn't it Elvis died on uh, eating the peanut butter and banana sandwiches and died on the toilet? Wasn't that yeah, always the There was
1: yeah. There was how to say I was watching. There's like a show on cable or whatever, and they tried to do like they call it doing an autopsy, but uh, to me you kind of have to have a body. So they kind of they right. go through the a deep dive into the, the forensic facts or whatever. I was watching one on him and Elvis. Watch one on him, watch on one on Jimi Hendrix and you know, okay. just, just watching how they think all these people died and it's like well that wasn't really much different than what we already did. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the It was just like, a bunch of drugs and alcohol, yeah, and he choked to death or whatever. That's yeah, yeah. kind of exactly what I thought. <laughs> yeah.
0: I forgot when we were talking about the whole steel toe thing. That was there was an episode when I was doing a little bit of research on it, there's a Mythbusters on it, and they proved it to not be true. So I did forget to mention that when we were talking about but there's an episode. Well, that's like
1: Mythbusters. That's like scientific fact. Yeah. Well, as close as you can get this this day and age to where yeah.
0: those you know, guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good. they usually
1: do a pretty good job of uh trying to test it out.
0: Okay. So earlier I felt like we kind of did a nice job digging into the meat of why we designed another website for our customers here. But if you're wondering, um, about anything else that we might've missed in regards to that, please tell us about it. Um, on the quad city safety blog comments or reach out to us on any social media, um, on our Twitter or on our Facebook or on our LinkedIn page. Um, and we'll kind of address that either on the show or we'll send you something back directly. Um, so, anyways, be sure, hold out for next week when, we, uh, when we're we back with another episode. Um, so, anyways, I just lost complete track of what I was wow. talking about. Wow, you just went usually I don't do right that. There. Yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so I went white over my face. <laughs> anyway, so if you need some sa- uh, practical safety advice or tips, you can definitely visit us on QuasitySafety.com. Uh, it's a really good place to explore the ins and outs of all things safety related. So, thank you guys very much for listening. Um,
2: Until next time, y'all come back. Safety's got no quitting time. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon's Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety. Hashtag safety tales. Or email them to Fred at quadcitysafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.